I'm glad that he did. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We just appreciate you tonight here in the house of the Lord. I wanted to make mention of this and say again to all of our those of you that are visiting here tonight, we're glad that you're here. And uh, we just welcome you here into the house of the Lord this evening. Can we welcome our visitors that are here with us tonight? We just appreciate you being here with us. Amen. In God's house. I almost thought a visitor came in with Sister Kelly and all of them. Brother Tobin done shaved his beard off. I thought they brought in a, I thought they, you know, found a teenage boy out on the, out in the parking lot, invited him in. <laughs> I'm making him blush. He looks awful handsome, though, I tell you. Anyway, but no, we're so glad for each and every one of you here in the house of the Lord tonight. Praise God. If you have your Bible, Psalms 51, and I want to read a verse to you. Verse number 12, Psalms 51 and 12. And when you come to your place, would you stand with us for the reading of God's Word? And uh, we're going to take a look at this and just going to believe the Lord to challenge our hearts tonight. Amen. Challenge our hearts tonight. Psalms 51 and verse number 12. If you're there with me, won't you say amen? The Bible says, restore. Somebody shout, restore. Restore unto me the joy of my, or of thy, excuse me, salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. I want to read it one more time. Won't you read that part with me? Restore unto me. The joy of thy salvation. Can I say today I believe across the landscape of the church. There needs to be a restoration. A joy. A renewed joy in our hearts for the things of God once again. Well brother Jacob I just. You know I, I do. I love God and I, I love his people. I love his church and I'm, I'm a part of those things and. But I, I believe that we need to, we need a revival of restoration of the innermost workings in our lives. Amen. And recapture once again that joy of the Lord. I'm going to preach tonight, and I'm in preaching, I'm going to ask you this question. And it simply is this Are you over it? Are you over over it. Have you ever heard somebody? Now, don't raise your hand, mom and dad, if this has been you this week. But have you ever heard somebody? I mean, they've got the attitude, the frustration, the anger, and they'll look at somebody and they'll say, I am over it. Come on. I see some heads bobbing. You're already, you're reliving it. You, you're, you're, you are reliving exactly. You know when and where you just said that. I am over it. I am done with this. So I want to ask you tonight, are you over it? Can we pray? Father, I thank you once again for the privilege to preach your word. And I pray tonight that you would strengthen us. 
I pray that you would anoint our hearts and ears. That's always our prayer. Because, Lord, we need to hear what you have to say, and we need to let your word be planted in our hearts. Father, I pray even now, prepare the ground of our hearts. That's what we have been or should have been doing in this time of worship, getting our attention on you, laying aside distractions, getting our heart soil prepared for the word of God. Lord, I pray that your word would come alive and challenge us, draw us near. Anoint me, I pray. I need your help. I need your touch. And we're thankful for it. I'll give you praise in advance. Help us to leave this place different. We thank you for it. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. Are you over it? As I said, we often can make a declaration as to when we are done with something. As to when we are proudly proclaiming that we are finished with the fiasco. That we are not going to be a part of it anymore. We're washing our hands, shaking the dust off of our feet, walking away. We are giving up. We are done. We are over Maybe this statement has come in great moments of frustration. Maybe even in times of weariness. Maybe you have found yourself over it after you have exasperated all of your energies in trying to help maybe a particular situation. Only to realize the frustration of what we typically typically call finding out we were just beating a dead horse. There was nothing moving, nothing going, and uh, you have come to the resolution that your efforts are useless. Maybe feelings of worthlessness because of all of the time and energy and effort that's been put in. And therefore, we would say, I am over it. I am done. There are many. Isn't it interesting that since 2000, and 20. We've had 2020 and everybody said, I'm over it. Amen. I'm done. And then we go into 21 and now once again, the, the resolution is, I'm over it. I'm done with it. And there are some of you that even right now, here we are, 13 days into February, and some of you about over with 2022. And uh, uh, anyhow, uh, however you might identify, we understand that life can provide us some moments that are not necessarily stellar. There are times that we grow weary. There are times that we are frustrated. There are times as to where we would say, what's the use? There are times as we would say, I would be better staying away from that. I'd be better setting out. I'm calling a time out. I'm putting myself on the bench. I am not going to participate. It just drives me to madness. It drives me to depressive thoughts. It drives me to discouragement, whatever the case might be. And uh, we all can identify with those feelings, those feelings of frustration that come in our humanity, that come in the events and moments that surround us in this life. However, can I say that one of the things that concerns me is sometimes the proverbial attitude of I am over it, it has 
has a tendency to bleed into the fabric and the DNA of the church. It has the attitude as to where it permeates itself and it shows up in our worship and it shows up in our church. It shows up in our service. It, it, it rears its ugly head in our commitments. We're tired. What's the use? Is it worth the battle? We are finding alarming statistics. The statistics tell us that nearly now 80% of people who had left the church during the pandemic have made the disclaimer that they are not coming back again. We have used uh, different things for justifications for our reasons why. I'm yet to figure out how it is it seems that the church is the only place to catch COVID but you're immune from it at Walmart. You're immune from it at the mall. You're immune from it in the deer stand. You're immune from it. You don't want to help me preach tonight but I'm just going to stay right here for a minute. Amen. And just park here and preach. Amen. It's amazing to me as to where there are things that ironically only can happen it seems or evidently by the way that we act or the way that we participate or the lack thereof that apparently brother Chad there are only certain things that you can contract that can happen or that can take place by being a part of God's work God's family the services of God amen and so I propose and I ask you the question tonight do the circumstances of life that you claim that you are over you are done with and you are finished with has it found itself into the spiritual fabric of your life has it found itself to where you are wrestling and tonight uh, I want to ask you on a spiritual level uh, are you over it? Amen. Are you over it? Have you in your efforts uh, to walk away from the things that have frustrated you? Uh, have you found that it's trickled in uh, to the things of God? David here uh, apparently within uh, this psalm that is famous for a psalm of repentance. Uh, it is David's psalm of repentance and renewal and restoration as he makes a cry before God. It is believed this is the psalm that was penned, amen, after the fact of the sin of Bathsheba and the death of Bathsheba's husband. All these things had been exposed by way of the prophet Nathan who marched in to the king's palace and pointed his bony finger at David and said, thou art the man. You are the one that has committed this, this crime. You are the one that has stolen. You are the one that has committed this murder. Oh, and we find that David, as you read throughout this, it is full of the turmoil of David's heart. It is full of repentance and it is a turning away from what was and a reconciliation with God. A pleading with God that he wouldn't take away the Holy Spirit from him. Here was a man that when you read between the lines of this prayer, you see a man who is contending his best.
best to hold on to the presence of God, doing his best to hold on to that relationship with the Savior. Because you must understand, David had seen the other side of the coin. He had seen what happened to Saul when the Spirit of God was taken away. He saw the misery. He saw the fear. He saw the shift in behavior. He saw the malice and the bitterness. He saw a self-destructive attitude because there was a man who was over the things of God and wanted to pursue his own will. We know that the symbolisms of Saul and David, it speaks of the dichotomies between the flesh and the spirit where Saul refused to repent, where Saul refused to give in and to obey what God would say. And he paid the price for it because he was over taking orders from the man of God. He was over having to yield and bow himself and subject himself to God's law and order. And he took Brother Pickens' matters into his own hand. And Brother Udy, he paid the price for being over it. David here with tremendous sin. David with the tremendous failure. But the thing that separated the two is there was this David. Here he was accused and rightfully so. Caught in his sin. Caught in this scandal. Brother Gary, the scandal of David's affair and the the scandal of this murder, it reverberated through the corridors of Israel. The king was caught in a scandal. What would he do? turn into a Saul? Would he turn his back on God? Would he say, I'm over it. I'm done with it. But what we see in the lines of Psalms 51 is a man who's reaching out. We see somebody who's asking for restoration. We see somebody who is broken in repentance, who is in remorse, who is asking God, would you please not take your spirit from me? I've seen what it does to a man I've seen the agony that it caused I see that Saul was a dead man before he ever fell on that sword he said I'm not over it can I say tonight church is that we in all of our frustrations us in our weariness We are tired with the craziness of the world. We are fed up with politics. We are fed up with the ins and outs and ups and downs of legislation. Isn't it something? The more sin that sin increases in the world, the more legislation shows up thinking we can legislate it away. And we can't. The only thing that is a cure for sin is the blood of Jesus Christ. It is the Savior of the world. Come on, somebody. We as a church, your politicians are not going to bring salvation to America. Your politics are not going to redeem this county. Your politics are not going to... Well, what if that, Brother Jake, we're kind of getting a little bit offended because we should be responsible citizens. I understand that. I understand that we take into consideration all things, try to vote along lines, amen, that line us up by biblical standards, things that where we try to get some things done. I understand all that. I'm not here to go on that rabbit trail. But here's what I am trying to say. In all of our efforts, we have taken Christ out of the equation. In all of our efforts,
efforts. We've removed him and we've tried to plug the holes with everything else and we sit back surprised when it all falls apart and we say, well, I thought they'd do better than that. Well, I thought this would come together better than that. I want to tell you, there can't nobody do you like Jesus. There ain't nobody can do you like the Lord. There ain't nobody who can take the place of him. Can I tell someone in a world where politics and schemes and lies and legislation infiltrate every corridor of our nation? Are you over that, Brother Jacob? Yes, I am. But can I say I don't want it to reach a point that it causes me to throw up my arms in disgust and say I'm done with the church or I'm done with the Lord. I might be over that junk, but I'll never be over him. I might be over the disappointments of this life, but Lord, let me be steadfast. I'm not over believing you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you have been burned by people, burned by your family. In the name of God even, in the name of religious things, And today it's produced a chasm between you and God. Maybe today it's produced some distance, disillusionment and discouragement. Can I say that there needs to be a prayer one more time in the church to say, Lord, restore unto me the joy of salvation. Yes, are we tired? Yes. Yes, are we disgusted with certain things? Yes. Yes, are there things going on around us we wish that we could change? Yes. Are we over the systems of this world? Yes, absolutely. But church, I beg, I plead, I implore, do not let it, do not let that attitude rest in your mind. In regards, we need one more time. Listen, somebody said, well, I believe it was Charles Dickens who wrote the tale of two cities. And he described there in that opening line it was the best of times and it was the worst of times there are some that have a fatality message in regards to the church some would say our best years were behind us some would say it was those days that are long and gone here we are we just gotta endure here we are we just gotta we just gotta survive here we are we just gotta try to kind of limp by I want to remind you again church Christ is not coming back for a limping broken church sitting on the side of the highway of holiness somewhere saying we just couldn't do it no sir no ma'am that church he's coming back for hath made herself ready she's prepared she's rejoicing night and day as she walks a narrow way she's full of the Holy Ghost and fire She's washed in the blood and she's looking for the coming of God. Hallelujah. So if you have, if you have this self-discouraged, disappointed, despondent attitude, hey man, can I tell you, check yourself because it's contagious in the church. You sit around folks who don't want to worship, you'll find yourself not worshiping. You sitting around folks don't want to go to the altar, then uh, you'll find you don't want to go to the altar. You sitting around folks don't want to help the preacher, you'll... 
You'll find yourself, instead of saying, come on, brother, you'll be saying, when's he going to shut up? I've got to get to McDonald's before they close. Come on here. You get around, I'm telling you, the negativity is contagious. Can I tell you, there's some of you, you need to change geography. I'm not saying go to a different church, but it'd be to do some folks good, just change pews. Woo, honey, get ready. They're going to vote me out tonight, I'm telling you. You might ought to change pews. You might ought to look at somebody you've been sitting by for 50 years and say, I love you, but I'm making, I'm, I'm like the Jeffersons. I'm moving on up. Come on. I've got to get some. I've got to get somewhere else. I've got to be around some folks who ain't over it. I've got to be around some folks that aren't sitting around like dead bumps on a log. I ain't going to, I ain't over him. You see, I'm still in love with Jesus. You see, I still love the house of God. I still love to sing about the blood. I still love to preach the word. I still believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I still believe in the rapture of the church I'm not over it but baby we're just getting started we're just warming up we're just stepping into this thing the best days are not behind us we're living I believe in the rapture generation the greatest event brother Pickens a world will have ever known the rapture of the church. I am not over him. Some of us have succumbed ourselves to a spiritual death. You're here, but you're not here. You're present, but you're not present. Come on here. You're singing, but you're not singing. You're listening, but you're not hearing. <clears throat> Prayers are half-hearted. Ambitions are low. Service is mediocre at best. We find more excuses to get out than we are to get in. I'm saying it with a smile. I love you tonight. Come on. What do you mean, Brother Jake? Because here's the thing. If you get over him, you will die a painful, slow, miserable death. Sitting on a church pew. Sitting in a place thinking you're doing all the right things. Can I say, I am not over the house of the Lord. I'm not over it. Come on here. The psalmist said, I was glad. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. But now listen, be very careful because there's some you're not real glad you're here. <laughs> it shows up. Amen. You didn't have to say nothing with your voice. We see it on your face. Come on. We see it with your lack of enthusiasm. Instead of I get to go to church, it's I got to go to church. Come on here. I done told you, my daughter, by the time she was three years old, she'd been in more church service than half of you in this building. We was crisscross the country. We was in revival every night, preaching everywhere all the time. There was times she'd break down the back seat. She'd just cry and say, I want to go to my house. 
do we got to go to church tonight? Daddy, you're killing me. Do I got to go to church again? What are we doing next week? We're preaching revival. Oh, I get to be in church again. That's great. That's great. Come on here. And we would teach her, we'd tell her, Brother Corey said, Sissy, it's not about I got to go, but it's we get to go. We get to go. I know, don't get me wrong, I know our flesh, we get weak and tired. I know there's times and seasons and situations maybe we can't be, but can I say, please don't get over being in God's house. Please don't get over the importance of not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. I don't care how comfortable it can be in your pajamas behind the computer screen. Get dressed. Get up. Mamas, throw a Pop-Tart and peanut butter breast mouth. Get in the car. Come on here. We're going to church. They're, they're kicking. Their hair's not fixed. They got mismatched shoes. Come on, it don't matter. Get to church. Can I say, we are at a very crucial moment as to where right now the statistic lets us know that at 18 years old, chances are well, well, well over 50%. We will not see that generation come back to church. And we can blame. We can blame the fact that, well, we just we never, we never had a basketball court. If we had a basketball court, we would have kept them kids in here. Well, we didn't do enough things. We weren't trendy enough. We weren't current enough. We weren't this enough and that enough. We could point our fingers all day long. But you know what worries me and concerns me? Is maybe it's because of the lackadaisical attitude of the saints that we have picked and choose. We can say, well, today I feel like it and tomorrow I don't. Well, it's Saturday night. I've got a cough. I've got a fever. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be able to make it. Oh, we got all these things that's going on around us. Friends, can I tell you, be careful. You're in danger of being over it. Can I say the days that I felt least like being in God's house, I recognize that's the most I better be there. And those were the times I had the greatest miracles and breakthroughs in my life. May we find a restoration and say when we get the opportunity to be in God's house, I was glad. I am glad. I'll rejoice it's not a drudgery this is not a prison sentence nobody forced us here but God I get to be in your house I get to be in your house let me tell you something I've said this before we could just go a few blocks down 11th street let's go to St. E let's go down to Baptist and we could canvas the rooms and you will find people who would say I'd love to be there I wish I would have went. I wish that I could have been a part. Nursing homes and assisted living facilities. Hospice and situations. People tonight, we requested prayer for people on vents. Don't know if they're going to make it. I guarantee you they would trade you in a New York minute. Be careful about being over. I'm over it. I ain't got to go. I ain't got to go in that church house to be saved. Uh, yeah, you're right. But as my father-in-law used to preach for years, but if you're saved, you'll want to be in God's house. I don't know any plainer way to put it. 
If you are saved, you are going to want to be in God's house. Because the second point is this. Coming into this house, it's not about the pews, the brick, the stone, the wood, the electricity. But it puts me in closer proximity to His presence. And there is something that happens when I'm with people of like precious faith. Yes, I can have church by myself, and I have. Yes, I can have prayer meeting on my own, and I have. Yes, I've been driving down the road and hear a good gospel song, and I'll hoop and holler and speak in tongues in the car. Come on here. I ain't ashamed. I'll, I've done that many a time. But I'm going to tell you, there's still nothing like being in a house, and we're connected one with another. And I've got a brother who knows what it is to be washed in the blood, filled with the Spirit. And I've got a sister that knows what it is to be washed in the blood and fill. and then as they're worshiping God and saying Lord I love you nothing compares to you boy brother Craig I get I get encouraged and it causes me to raise my hands and then again then sister Gay gets excited and sister Eddie get uh, brother Eddie gets a going and sister Lori gets excited you hear what I'm saying there's something about uh, the presence of God uh, with God's people uh, there's something encouraging uh, I'm going to tell you uh, you ain't got to go to heaven either but John the revelator said I saw every tribe every tongue every nation and they cried worthy is a lamb that was slain if you're allergic to people here you're going to have a problem in heaven they're going to be people there get in God's house get in the presence of the Lord I'm not over him I'm not over his presence Hallelujah. Come on here. Some in our churches, we get nervous. Spirit of God starts moving. Oh. Here we go again. Don't make eye contact with him. Do not make eye contact with him. You know, Brother Jacob, he'll walk right down to where you are. He'll pray with you. He'll lay hands on you right there. I don't care if you're 10 pews back. Just do not look at him. Come on, you get, you get some folks start getting excited. We start singing about the blood. We start singing about heaven. There's some people going, oh, I just wish they'd calm down up there. I know what's going to happen. I know it's, I came here, I needed a good sermon. I don't got time for Brother Jake not to preach today. I need, I need everybody just, could you please calm down? Could you please keep your arms and your legs inside of your aisle? <laughs> it's true, Brother Udy. <laughs> you look at some folks, I mean, it's sheer panic. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Here we go again. Come on here. But you know what? I'm not over the Spirit of God moving and His liberty, His will, and His wisdom. If you got to run, run. If you got to shout, shout. If the Lord moves upon you and you operate in the gifts of the Spirit, then operate in the gifts. Amen. It doesn't matter. Mamas, I see little, I've seen this morning, I was preaching little Tessa. I, was, I had raised my hands, little Tessa. She shot her arms up. Come on here. Don't you silence those babies. Don't you tell them to quit. Come on here. Don't you tell them to quit. 
Don't you ever tell them to stop. Let them worship. Come on here. Let them worship. Let them look at pastor. Let them see. Just like Brother Silas right now. He's saying, what in the world? What's going on? Come on here. Don't you let, don't you silence them. Somebody asked me some time back about, well, what about this? What if somebody's doing this or somebody's doing that? Can I just tell you, as long as they are in order, as long as they're not being a distraction in order to try to turn the tide or to self-glorify or self-edify, then can I say, let them worship? Can I say, let them praise? I'll say, let them sing. I'll say, why? Because apparently they are somebody, Brother Eddie, who is not over the presence of God. Don't you let anybody discourage you from running the aisle, from shouting. Don't you let anybody discourage you from lifting up holy hands and lifting your voice, even if you're like pastor. I can't carry a tune in a bucket, but you ain't going to shut me up. I think I sound like Kenny Henson up there. I think I sound like Jason Crabb up there. Oh, when the Lord gets to moving on me, I might get the words wrong. I might confuse the singers. They might laugh at me behind my back. But you know, it don't matter because I'm not over the presence of God. I'm not over worship. I'm not over the things of His glory. I know it saves my life. I know it changes the atmosphere. Hallelujah. If you're over the presence of God, get your chair and go sit in a cemetery somewhere. Because you will remain uncomfortable here. Come on here. Brother Jake, what's wrong with you? You just daring people to leave, no? I want you to wake up. I want you to realize that I want somebody to make a resolution. I'm not over it. Don't tell me, well, it's because, well, you see, Brother Jake, I'm up in years now. I've got the right to be reserved. No. No, you don't. No, you don't. Sister Rivier, and all, Sister Rivier, 94 years. Is that right? Yeah, 94 years. And a few weeks back, she said she went to the doctor, had a checkup. He said, I was in perfect health. So we probably got her for another 94 years. <laughs> Sister Rivier, are you a perfect human being? Are you perfect? No. No. She said, no. I had her going for a minute. She was saying yes to things. And then, so I said, are you perfect? Let me just clarify. She said, no. Her eyes got big. She said, no. But you know what? You ain't got to be perfect to enjoy the presence of God. You ain't got to be perfect to make a pursuit of the presence of God. 94 years young, and I love when I'm walking this aisle preaching and I hear her bust out speaking in tongues because the Spirit of God is upon her. I love, I love to see people who get themselves lost in the presence of the Lord. you know why? Because there's nothing like God's presence. Come on. There's a pusher on the street corner here in Beaumont, and they're trying to sell an experience. They're trying to get somebody high enough. Brother Wesley Coleman, there's a time if you drink enough beers, 
got enough whiskey in you maybe you could feel good for a little bit oh but when you come in contact with the presence of God with the Holy Ghost and fire and brother Eddie it trumps anything you ever injected into your body and you ain't got a hangover and you ain't got regrets and you ain't got to get over something because it's destroying your body but it refuels and reignites and restores your soul I'm telling you God help us to never get over the presence of the Lord oh don't ever get over the presence of the Lord I don't want to be over his house I don't want to be over his presence and let me say this I got you shouting and now I might bring you down for a minute are you ready but last point but it's one of the most important I don't want to be over his people We got some folks, boy, now they can shout. They can hoop and holler. They know how to get in the altar. But they got a people problem. Got a people problem. Got no problem not talking to somebody in the church. Got no problem ignoring certain ones. Got no problem keeping your hands to yourself when it's time to pray for somebody, but because of your feelings against them. Brother Jacob, is that a, is that a problem here at Victory? I believe we have a good, loving bunch of folks. I believe, and if you can tell, I believe in promoting and working hard to build the family of God. Not big eyes and little U's. But here's what I do know. Even if tonight, if we were to take on honest inventory and say, well, I don't really feel like that is necessarily a problem. Let me just address it like this. Be careful. Because we can treat people in such a way to say, I'm over it. I'm done. And in our humanity, just a little bit of that, it goes a long way. It projects that attitude upon people around you. We can lose respect and honor. We will hold grudges and prejudice. We will do various things to silently express the fact that I'm over people. Have I ever dealt with hard-headed people? You better believe it. I'm a pastor. I've dealt with hard-headed people. Have I ever dealt with people... Who disagreed with me so much to do anything they could to hurt me? <clears throat> yes. Have I been treated unfairly? Yes. Have you been done those same ways? Everybody just say it. Yes. But here's one thing that I can't afford to do. I can't afford to be over serving God's people. Oh, there's been some Mondays in my mind that I've resigned. There has. There's been some Thursday mornings, Sister Gay, I've resigned in my head. I'm done. Normally, it's not because of people. Maybe it's because I'm discouraged with myself. Thinking I, 
haven't done enough, couldn't do more. I, couldn't, I should have said this, shouldn't have said that. Should have paid more attention here. I overstepped my bounds there. 98% of the time, it's critical thoughts about myself. But let me say this, is that there are times that people around us will wound us. People you had great confidence in disappoint you. There's going to be things that are going to be very hard to get past and get over. But I will say this is that we cannot resolve in our mind to get over God's people. We need to learn to serve with joy. We need to learn to welcome everybody that would come through the doors of this house. We need to learn to pray for and care for each and every one. That's why around here we use terms of brothers and sisters. Because it is a sign of respect to signify you're counted as this family of God. I'm going to say tonight is that there are too many people. They have stepped away. They have resigned. They have done this and done that. They have given up. And I would dare say one of the most prevailing reasons why people are not a part of the church anymore is they would say because of other people. But you know what? I know hurts are real and I know disappointments are real. I've, like I said, I've had my share of them. But one thing that I continue to look at in the Word of God is the perfect man who ever walked this planet, the Son of God. He was despised and rejected. He was hated. Hated for doing good. Hated for doing what was right. The religious didn't accept him. He was ostracized. Wasn't even welcomed in his own hometown. As a matter of fact, he had to move on from the place of his upbringing, and he couldn't do miracles there because that's just the carpenter's son. And yet, in all of these things, Sister Polly, he still went to the cross. It was still for the cause of the people. I want to encourage you tonight, even in being wounded, even in being hurt, even in being disappointed, disenchanted, disenfranchised, don't get over God's people. It's a hard Lonely, cynical, isolated life. Self-absorbed. Only worried about you. That is no way to live. Well, Brother Jacob, what's the remedy for my hurt? What's the remedy for my pain? Find somebody to love on. Find somebody to serve. Well, what am I supposed to do? Start with simple things. But do something that reignites your passion for people. Do something that reignites your love for the lost. Do something that reinvigorates a relationship to connect with somebody. Somebody in your family, somebody on the job site, somebody. Find the biggest, baddest, 
dude or dudette and say, Lord, help me. Help me to see them the way you see them. Help me to see the fact that they're so angry and so mad is because it's just a projection of the pain that's on the inside of their life. Brother Danny, Sister Carolyn, if you'd come. I am not over his house, his presence, or his people. I'm not over it. As a matter of fact, my prayer is, Lord, restore. Restore unto me the joy. Restore unto me. Remind me the privilege that it is. Remind me, Lord, of what you've done in me and how you can do it in somebody else. Remind me, Lord. Can we lift our hands and right now just begin to say, Lord, would you remind me? Lord, would you restore unto me? Lord, would you renew unto me? Lord, a fresh desire and love for your presence. Are you still excited to come to the house of God? Are you, are you still excited to be in His presence? Do you have anticipation to say, I can't wait to see what God's going to do? Are you in a place where maybe today you would pray and say, Lord, help me. Forgive me for tearing down others. Forgive me for being angry. Forgive me, Lord, for when I have written people off. But, Lord, I'm so glad that somebody wasn't over me, but somebody loved me. Lord, help me. Renew within me the capacity to serve. To serve with joy. Not worried about accolades, not worried about titles, not worried about prestige, not worried about the pulpit, not worried about who knows what. But Lord, let me do all that I do for the glory of God. The Word of God said, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. Whether you're recognized by people or not, whether they appreciate it or not, I'm not over people. I want to take as many people with us to heaven. And tonight, I'm just going to challenge you, church. Maybe tonight, your declaration could be, Lord, I'm not over you. I'm not over your house. I'm not over your presence. And Lord, I don't want to be throwing my hands up over your people. Give me a fresh burden. Give me a fresh desire. Would you renew? Would you restore unto me the joy? The joy of thy salvation. If that's your prayer. Can we just come and spend some time in the presence of the Lord tonight? Can we just come tonight and would you just allow him to touch your heart? Would you allow him, oh, to reinvigorate your soul? Would you tonight allow him to speak to you clearly and plainly? Would you tonight say, Lord, would you forgive me when I have treated your house as just another checklist, another, another uh, 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 duty to, to perform in the week? Lord, would you forgive me when I've come, Lord, and I have not participated, when I've come and I've just sat and looked and I've just kind of had an entertain me mindset. Forgive me, Lord. I'm not over your presence. Let me pursue it. Lord, would you help me tonight? I'm not over your people. God's people, some of the best people I've ever known. 
And Lord, I pray, help me. Forgive me when I've been disenchanted. Forgive me, Lord, when I've been discouraged with people. And help me, Lord, to realize it's worth serving people. It's worth ministering to people. Oh, it's worth it, Lord. I'm not over you, Jesus. I'm not over you, Lord. Oh, but Lord, let me fall in love with you all over again. Let me fall in love with you all over again. Let me, let me do my first works over again. I love worshiping you.